Do you realize how rare and countercultural it is that all of us in the Messiah family, with all of our different sizes and shapes and colors and conditions, actually get along with each other? Unlike so many other people in our nation. Now, why is that? How can that be? I mean, we live in different neighborhoods. We come from different places. We're different colors in our skin. We cheer for different athletic teams. We vote for different parties. Some of us even speak different languages. And yet, here we are in the same room, six feet apart, but we're singing the same songs, praying to the same God. In just a minute at the peace, we're going to wave and smile and fist bump and hug each other. We're going to eat and drink the same bread and wine at communion, genuinely enjoying each other, unlike so many other folks in our country who instead are rejecting and scorning and insulting and attacking other folks because of their skin color or where they're from, or what they look like, or how they vote, or something that they said or did maybe even years ago. And some folks have escalated and expanded that animosity into violence and looting and burning and destruction and, sadly, death. And though some of that violence is allegedly in the name of justice, none of it is justified. That's why here we are, and thank God that it's not happening here, not in our community, not in our parish family, but the way that we get along with each other and love and respect each other seems to be getting rarer and rarer in our culture, which is why it is so very vital that all of us get together here regularly so that we can practice loving people, starting with each other. And then demonstrating to our children and our grandchildren and to the new folks among us how to get along with people who are different sizes and shapes and colors and conditions and and perhaps with whom we disagree. Grown-ups can do that, you know. Because God is depending upon each of us to go in peace, to love and serve the Lord by loving and serving people especially those with whom we disagree. And showing them there's a better way to live than with all the suspicion and the scorn and the insults and the violence. Now, that violence is not here, but what if it comes here? And what if one of the peaceful protesters accosts you and gets in your face? And in this election season... How do we respond to those people we know who, you know, vote for those other folks and who are just absolutely assuming that any right-thinking and rational person agrees with them? You know, getting along with God can be hard. Getting along with people can be even harder, which is why the Bible says more about our relationships with each other than it does about our relationship with God, because we cannot love God whom we can't see if we don't love each other whom we can see. 
St. Paul tells us some ways to love our neighbors today in his letter to his friends in Rome. It's in Romans chapter 12. It's in your Bible. It's going to be up on the screen. It's in your sermon notes page. And Paul starts out in verse 9 and says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Now, love is the goal. We, we know that. But not love that's just warm feelings towards people, especially those with whom we disagree. No, love as it is defined in the Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is action, not feelings. Love is choosing to be patient and kind with people. It's choosing not to be easily angered. It's choosing to keep no record of wrongs. It's also choosing to hate what is evil. Now, your mama might have told you, don't be hating. But hatred is not automatically bad. It depends on what you hate. And if it's evil, if it's destruction or violence, if it's dishonesty or oppression, if it's demonizing other people based on their skin color or how they look or how they act or how they vote or where they're from, that's evil. And if it's evil, hate it. But don't just hate it. Do something about it, which is not permission to loot or burn or hurt people. It's doing the right thing. It's doing what we know is right, even when nobody else does, even when the mob is going the other way. Verse 10, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Honoring you means that I give you all the same rights that I want for myself, and I give them to you first. It means that I spend more time listening to you than talking at you. And if we disagree, it means learning how to disagree without being disagreeable or condescending or insulting. And if we disagree and you've said your part and I've said my part and you've said it two or three times and I've said it two or three times and we're going in circles, it means recognizing that, you know, I'm probably not going to change your mind and you're not going to change my mind. So therefore, I will let you have the last word. Even if everything inside of me is screaming, you're wrong! Because by doing that, it honors you as a human being. It lets you have the right to your own perspective, to see things your ways, and it respects and honors your right to be wrong. And one of the ways to honor other people with whom we disagree is when they say their piece, we answer, you might be right. Try that. Turn to somebody, smile at them and say, you might be right. You you might be right. Now, saying that doesn't admit they actually are right. Okay? It just says you honor them as a person and you honor their right to have their own perspective and their own opinion. You say, but if I do that, they're going to think they won the debate. Let them. So what? If they didn't convince you, they didn't win. And would you rather win an argument at the expense of the relationship or would you rather win the relationship at the expense of the argument? Do you want to be right or do you want to be friends? Let's honor one another above ourselves. 
Paul continues in verse 12, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And even though parts of our country are in flames, let's remain joyful in hope, trusting that God's got this. And trusting that God's got this and let's be patient while he's working it out and fervent and faithful in prayer as he does that because our prayers matter. Our prayers make a difference. If you think it's bad now, quit praying and watch it get worse. Verse 14, bless those who persecute you and bless, do not curse. When someone or uh, accosts or attacks me, I want to do unto others the way that they've done unto me. Now, isn't that what Jesus said to do? No, not quite. Jesus wants us to respond the way that he did when he was persecuted and nailed to a cross, and he prayed for them, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That when people accost or attack us, to pray, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Let's practice that right now, too. Okay, I want you to think of somebody who bothers you, somebody who annoys you, someone who mistreats you, maybe somebody who pushes you around, maybe even persecutes you, okay? You got, you got a name and a face in your mind, don't throw darts. Close your eyes and pray for them. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Again, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And keep praying that for that person until they change their behavior or until God takes them out. <laughs> Of your life, okay, of, of your life. Paul goes on in verse 16, live in harmony with one another. Harmony is not everybody singing the same notes at the same time in the same way. Harmony is when different people sing different notes in different ways, sometimes even at different times because it enriches the sound and makes it so much better than everybody singing the same thing at the same time all the time. God created us to be in harmony with each other other. Not all alike, not all the same, but each of us has different perspectives and different insights that enriches each other as we share those in harmony with each other. And if you think that you disagree with someone, listen to them and ask questions and then listen some more because what appears to be disagreement may actually be harmony and not dissonance. Verse 17, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what's right in the eyes of everyone. Just because someone does me wrong does not give me permission to do them wrong. And like mama says, two wrongs don't make a right. Jesus put it like this. If somebody slaps you on one cheek, turn the other one to them. Don't slap them back. Turn the other one to them. And what he means is he wants each of us to take one hit without hitting back, because if the other person is a person of goodwill, that will give them time to cool off and probably stop slapping. What happens if they hit that other one? Well, you turn that last set of cheeks you got. <laughs> but you know what? That's all the cheeks I got. And if somebody slaps that one, maybe I need to hit them back. Because sadly, some folks won't stop slapping until someone steps up and stops them. Verse 18, as far as possible, 
as far as, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. It takes two to tango, two to fight, two to argue. And if someone wants to argue or fight, I can choose to stay calm. I can choose to keep my voice low. I can choose peace. I can choose to answer them. You might be right. And if they want to escalate the fight, then I can disengage and walk away. And if they follow me and won't let it go, I can walk away faster and farther and perhaps try to love them from a distance. Now, sadly, some folks, that's as good as it's going to get, that you're going to have to love them from a distance because they refuse to respect you or your opinion and they continue to push you around. And God doesn't ask us to put up with that kind of abuse. But that's on them. As far as it's up to you or to me and to us, let us be at peace with all people. The bottom line is verse 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Evil is in the world. We see it on the news and social media. Don't let it get you down and don't give in to it. That only makes evil stronger. Instead, hate it. Hate evil. But cling to what is good by doing what you know is right. Do you realize how rare and countercultural it is that all of us in the Messiah family and all of our various sizes and shapes and colors and conditions actually get along with each other? That's not an accident. And it's not because we're all so nice. It's because we choose We choose not to be overcome by evil, but to overcome evil with good. Let's continue to do that. Let's choose to to devote ourselves to each other in love, to honor one another above ourselves. Let's stay faithful in prayer and live in harmony with each other. Let's refuse to pay anyone evil for evil, but do what we know is right. And as far as it depends upon us, let's choose to live at peace with everyone, especially those with whom we disagree. 